Welcome to Layers of Film, the show where mediocre people discuss masterful films the first Monday of each month. I'm your host, Austin Killian, joined by my co-host, Big T. Big T, how was Christmas? <laughs> it was wonderful. Spectacular. Nice. I got to see family. I oh. got to play in the snow. Remove this part if there was no snow. <laughs> Got some good presents. I got to insert activity here. <laughs> Although I can complain about the traffic because of that will 100% be a thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. The traffic was horrible. <laughs> How long are you going to be visiting family for? Uh, just like two or three days. Just the weekend yeah. and then Christmas that weekend. Monday. We'll head back that Monday, yeah. Gotcha, yeah. I hate traveling for the holidays. It's the worst. Yeah, that's a lot, man. I... That... I don't know. I, this year, we're going to be just doing a little family thing. And then for New Year's, I'm going to be taking the kids over and we're going to be celebrating that New Year's time for a few days. So I'm excited about that. And I'll give everyone their Christmas gifts there. That'll be fun. I'm really excited. By the time this comes up, I got one of my brothers. This won't be a. Sp- I don't know if he listens to this actually. He might. But I got him a sword, a Lord of the Rings like sword. Like actual sword, mm. <laughs> like that sword of Gundor or whatever it is. It's so I'm like really excited. like a sharp metal one. I I didn't open it all the way from the package because it was super wrapped up in plastic. And I'm like, I'll just keep the packaging on here, and he can unwrap it later because I don't want it to pierce through the box. Just gonna be a piece of wood. <laughs> no, no, no. I can see it's metal. It's like it's proper. So I'm pretty. It was he gonna kill somebody with it on accident. I hope not. Well, he just like he has a lot of Lord of the Rings yeah. decor in his house, so I was like, I'll get him this then, and hopefully decor? he likes it. <laughs> is, is that what you could call it? Is <laughs> yeah, like he has like that's a lot of his wall art. Decor is like so fancy though. Like it's <laughs> I don't know. That's all he's got. Lord of the Rings memorabilia. Me- there it is. Yeah, sure. But decor. like decor. Decor. Well, he doesn't have like other. He doesn't have like fancy paintings. He has like the map of Middle Earth. I love that. Yeah. So anyway, I I think he'll like. Hopefully, he likes it. I don't know. I'm excited about it. And then I got my other brother. I got Jeremy the a Loki helmet, like replica helmet. So hopefully, he likes that. And then my other Man, brother. You do presents for your whole family. I just oh, I just wanted to spoil people this year. I don't know. That's me. But then I got my other brother the the Nintendo 64 Switch controller to play oh, the. Oh cool. Yeah, yeah. And I got one for myself too because I really wanted it. And it was so it was out of stock like most of the time, and uh, it like barely came in stock. I got a notification for it, and I bought it right away, and I was so nice. pumped. Anyway, did they like did they like their presents? Yeah, they loved it. They were so excited. Remove this part if his brother killed someone with a sword in an accident. Dang we are not we are not legally liable for anything that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang it! I was gonna make that joke. I was okay. I'm knocked down a brother because the other one accidentally stabbed the other one. But whatever. <laughs> it was a fun present for the time. You don't go all out on Christmas for all of your siblings? I have too many siblings. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. I mean, you have like just as many siblings as I do, though, but you're just a better brother than I am. Well, one of them's dead, so I don't have as many. I know, but you got got Jeremy now. (laughs) Yeah, I got Jeremy. Adds it back up, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have kids and stuff, but... I got kids. Yeah, we did. I think they semi got spoiled this year. I don't know. We'll see. What about New Year's? Got any New Year's goals? New Year's goals? Yeah. Look, I'm going to be honest. My religious trauma has made it very difficult for me to set goals in a healthy what? manner. Oh. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I was very averse to goal setting for a while. I feel like I am getting back into it in a more healthy way. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I have goals. I do. I want to get involved in our community more since we moved this year. Nice. I want to get more creative in writing and filmmaking. Nice. And I want to try not to be so doom and gloom all the time. Got to rewire some neurons. That's good. That's always good. Positive outlook on life leads to less strife. Because look, the world is doomy and the world is gloomy, but <laughs> we can add a little bit of kaboomy. Yikes. Good on <laughs> that's, you. Lee. That's my neurons refiring. Nice. In a more positive manner. Positive way. That's what the kaboomy is. With yeah. Um you gotta work on the rhyming. You gotta work on it a little bit. Workshop, I hope you put more effort into your writing. <laughs> I've already trademarked it. Oh, shit. Less okay. less doom and gloomy, more kaboomy. More kaboomy. No, I like that actually. You should put that up on I don't even know. Do you have Instagram? You should put that up on Instagram. One hundred percent. And Twitter. Everywhere you can. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not a fan of the resolution, the New Year's resolution, because I feel like no one ever follows those because it always ends up being like weight loss or whatever. Yeah. Related. It's always something that makes you have to buy a product or hate your body. And and it's always like an unrealistic goal, too. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? So, like, I always just write down, or I started doing this last year and the year before that, I think. And uh, I enjoy it. Just writing a huge list of just. Big things, small things, whatever. And as oh, I go, cool. as I go throughout the year, I'll just mark some stuff off, and maybe I only do a third of it. But at least I'm like, oh wow, I got quite a bit of the stuff done. Yeah, you got some sort of list. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, that feels like um. And feel free to remove this if this is inappropriate. But that feels like a very ADHD <laughs> way to approach. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The New Year's like no yeah. order to it, just like no putting it all on there you know like yeah. i like that though i like sort of like not confining yourself to the structure of like a typical new year's resolution you know you just put down yeah. the things you want and it's not so much pressure and stuff yeah yeah, yeah i don't know because like for me like when people talk about like smart goals and stuff i get it but like there's something about like making the goal setting process really formal that just really ugh, i don't like it yeah it, yeah i don't know like it, it is too much. Like, I never followed any of it. But, yeah, since doing this, it's been a lot easier. Like, even simple things like like last year I had that I wanted to get the N64 controller. And so now that's happening. Nice. So, so I can cross that off my list. And next year, every year I put the same goal of uh, try. It's like copy-paste. Well, uh, like, try every, like, since I was a kid, like, I want to try a pickle to see if I like it this year. And it never happens. Try a pickle? Yeah, I don't like, well, like, standalone pickles. I like them on burgers and stuff. Oh but my god, we can't those, be friends anymore. It's those Vlasic pickles. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the do you remember those commercials? The Vlasic mm-hmm. pickle commercials? You're and talking the, not like a shaved pickle. You're talking about a whole on... A whole pickle. Yeah. And, and you've tried it every year and you've never liked it? No, I've never liked... I've never liked standalone pickles. I don't... I could eat a jar of pickles by themselves. You could? I love pickles. Yeah. Crazy, dude. Yeah, I can't. It's it's that actually probably it started from the movie Little Rascals cuz I'll trade you a nickel for a pickle. And uh <laughs> and every time they ate the pickle, it sounded so good. The crunch, yeah, like the like texture. Yeah, the crunch. Yeah. Yes. Maybe you need to try different brands of pickles. Yeah, that's true. Or like homemade pickles. Cuz I've I've heard that like when you like people who pickle their own pickles. Yeah, that that is the yeah pickle yeah whatever <laughs> pickle their own pickles like it's usually really good. Yeah, I bet but, you it's really good, but maybe you need to like branch out of the Vlasic pickles. Maybe you just don't like that flavor. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's it. I'm gonna send you a jar of pickles every month. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Pickle of the Month Club. Pickle that of the Month Club. Terrible. That's a No huge... bonus for you, just Pickle of the Month Pickle Club. The... What a uh, that'll be a huge waste of money guaranteed. <laughs> or a lot of regifting going you just on. Just open a box and it's just like shattered glass, just pickles <laughs> and pickle juice and chunks of glass you... in the box. It's not even an official company. You're the one that's setting the jars and you're not putting any padding in just at all. Just tape a bunch of pickles together. <laughs> oh gross. He's like, okay, because it shattered last time, I'm just going to send you the pickles without the jar this time. <laughs> hey, that extra glass, that's what gives it the crunch. Heck yeah. Last thing I wanted to say, though, are you interested in seeing the new Avatar movie at all? Way of Water? You know, my wife was very excited about it, and I thought that the first one was decent. Um, I've heard a lot of black and indigenous people say that it's very... It's made in very poor taste in regard to like indigenous communities. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I haven't been following the like media very closely about it because it's not, it's like three and a half hours long and I do not have the time. Well, I have the time. I don't have the like energy to that. Yeah. But I've just seen a lot of people and maybe it just is like the TikTok and sort of media that I'm, I'm on the circles that I run in. But a lot of people have just said it's like very insensitive to Hmm. a lot of like different indigenous cultures and stuff. And it's like kind of problematic. So that kind of, I wasn't really wanting to see it. And then I saw that and I was like, I probably am not going to see this. Interesting. Yeah. I never thought about that because it's like a different planet. So I don't know, but I did like the first one though. I, a lot of people hated on it. I don't know exactly. Cause it wasn't, it, no one ever had any gripes that I heard about who didn't like it because of the problematic stuff in it, I guess. But mm-hmm. it was just, I don't know, like a rehash of old stories or stuff. I don't even know. I don't remember all. Yeah, the it's te- very much about like settler colonialism, right? And yeah, like, yeah, yeah, extracting resources. It's a visual spectacle, though. For yeah, sure. for sure. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people too, like, and I don't. You might not get this reference because I don't think you've seen this movie, but mm. some people have said like. In a post-Get Out world, like this movie just does not hit the same as the first one did before Get Out was a you know a right. existed, and that that also tracks pretty well. With, Interesting, from my understanding of it, yeah, yeah, I haven't seen that movie. I still want yeah. to very much. Want I want to see that Us and whatever the other one. Nope, nope. Yeah, well, I'm interested. I'll, I'll probably see it. In th- I just love going to the movies, so I'll probably go see it. I do too. I love going to the movies. It's the best. Especially around the holidays for some reason. I don't know why. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me feel really bad because <laughs> it's like we're making all these people work around the holidays to fill our, you know, excitement and whatever. Yeah. You'll have to let me know how it is if you see it. Yeah. And then I'm going to get you canceled. I'll, oh, cool. <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, you have to be popular to be canceled in the first place. So <laughs> I'll make us popular just so I can get you canceled. Dang it. <laughs> right when I finally taste success. No, that's fine. There, there was another... Oh, Babylon. I also want to see Babylon, which is the... I don't even know if I've heard of that. Well, yeah. There's been a couple of trailers that have been coming out. The um, Damien Chazelle, the guy who did Whiplash. And, oh, okay, okay. And La La Land and uh, First Man. So I'm excited to see that one just because I like his stuff. I, I was a little soft on First Man, but La La Land and Whiplash, obviously, I love. So You um, love La La Land? I do like La La Land. You're definitely canceled now. Why? Just for me personally, because I don't like that movie. Really? I thought the ending was so... I think I was so put off by it because, I I don't know, I feel like Hollywood was so self-obsessed with itself. Oh, sure, yeah. That I was just like, I can't even get into this because people are like, 
oh my god, this is the creation, the best creation in the world. And I'm like, okay, chill out. This is like a musical that has, you know. I could see that. I, yeah, th- yeah. I just feel like it was so hyped up that I just was like, whoa, I can't. Like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, no. Much. I, I just, I, well, I mean, I don't know. I'm just partial to Ryan Gosling, I think. I really mm-hmm. love Ryan Gosling. I love the movie Drive. I might cover it. I might, I might, you, uh, I might bring that up in this podcast that uh, like we might cover that because I think it's actually really well done. It's very interesting, but I don't know. I just like the ending of La La Land because it was like, it was like a love story with a bittersweet ending. Well, and spoiler I, alert. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just like the end. I don't know. Whatever. It was just cool. But just, it's been like, what? it's about the journey. Okay. It's about the journey, everybody. Yeah. And that movie's been out for like a decade, <laughs> hasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. It's been out for a while. Or maybe not a decade. Sure. Anyway, go go on. I don't know. Everything feels like it's been a decade since the pandemic. But mm-hmm. you know what movie I am excited for, but I'm a little bit reserved on because I don't know how well it's going to translate to Barbie. film is Barbie. No. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Ryan Gosling in that or is that Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, that, no, that is Ryan Gosling. Yeah. And Margot <laughs> okay, Robbie. Okay, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, is the movie called Women Talking? I don't know. It's by the person who directed Nomad Land. I don't know that one either. Oh, it has it has an actress in it who I really love her and she's in a lot of uh stuff that this director was in. Frances McDormand, she's she's in this. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. really good. Um, I read the book. My wife and I read the book a few years ago, and I remember when I read it, I was like, "This reads like a play." And so, I don't know how well it's going to translate to film, but Frances McDormand is an icon, and I hope that it's really good. <laughs> Sarah Pauly is the director, or maybe it's by the maybe it's not the director from the Nomadland, but whoa, she hasn't. Oh, this is actress. Okay, sorry. That makes more sense. I'm like, she hasn't done anything since 2010? Okay. Yeah, but um, it's really good. It's a really good... I suggest anyone to read the book. Interesting. Because it's a good book. And it's it's a pretty quick read, too. Yeah. Actually, interesting about this Sarah Pauly, she hasn't... She actually doesn't have that long of a history of of directing and stuff, so this is cool. I don't know. It's always interesting. I feel like a lot of filmmakers that are coming up right now are like they don't have that long of a like a resume i guess it makes sense if they're coming up right now but it's just interesting i don't know i just always think of all the the great movies that we've seen and they've made so many films and blah 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 and now we have like these like damien chazelle doesn't have that big of a resume either but he's made yeah. some great movies so it's just it's kind of interesting to see that we're like in this kind of a new era of like filmmakers and 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 i wonder if it has to do with covid like a resurgence of the arts after people have been locked down for so long you know Mm, maybe yeah cool stuff i'm excited that uh, quick aside the barbie movie i i was just like oh this movie is gonna be ridiculous probably but the writer and director of that film i don't remember the name but she did little women and um ladybird which i'm pretty sure both of those were quite well received and critically acclaimed so yeah that's right that's right i remember that it's just funny because they're pretty serious in tone and have a lot to say specific messages and then she goes on to make barbie so i'm sure it's gonna be quite <laughs> i just didn't think that barbie would be important but i bet she's probably gonna try to say a lot with this film which will be interesting yeah i'm interested to see it would be so fun if it was like sort of a what's that phrase like subversive barbie where you think it's one thing and then you go into it and it's like a totally different thing. It, it probably will be. I could. See I would it. love that. That would be great. I. It, who knows? Maybe it'll get like insane ratings, and uh, 
I it could who knows. I mean, yeah. both of those movies are highly regarded. So that yeah. I just named. So mm-hmm. this has potential to actually be a really really great movie. <laughs> yeah. Barbie. Yeah. Maybe Barbie will become a serial killer in it. <laughs> I hope so. Have you seen the Winnie the Pooh thing that's about a serial killer? Blood and Honey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched a trailer for it. It looks pretty cheesy, so I don't know. Yes. It doesn't look like a perfect 7 out of 10, you know? Yeah, it looks just like someone had an idea and way too much money. <laughs> <laughs> and... Yeah, no one to maybe check them on how far they were going with what they were doing. (laughs) Yes. That's okay, though. But I'm sure Barbie will be better than that. Do what you want. Hopefully, it's not as bad as The Room or Room. Whichever one, the Tommy Wiseau movie, the greatest worst film of all time. Really? You don't know this? I've seen Room about the woman who's like trapped in a room. Okay, then it's The Room. This is totally different. Yeah, I don't. And it's like the worst movie ever made, but people love it because it's so bad. It's like a cult classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's about at all. Interesting. Maybe we'll cover. I <laughs> maybe we'll cover Our it. February just, movie, <laughs> just because it's the worst, best film of all time. It's a massive. That'll be piece. our April Fools. Oh yeah, our, dude. Our, our April <laughs> Fools episode. Perfect. Mark your calendars. <laughs> all right. Well, let's do. A, let's get into the film introduction. I guess before that, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. If you want to support the show, you can rate and review it. Helps out with getting the word out with the show and discovery and all that stuff on the various podcast platforms. If you want to write into the show, you can write into layersoffilmpod at gmail.com to be part of the discussion. And if you haven't seen the film yet, we're going to spoil it from top to bottom. And that's just how we do it. We might start with a spoiler immediately in the discussion. So get ready. If you don't want to hear any spoilers, go watch the film. This one's going to be easy to watch because it is already on HBO Max at the time that we're recording. So, just to let you know, be aware. Brooks kills himself. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Spoilers, dude. Yeah, we're watching <laughs> The Shawshank Redemption. Released September 23rd, 1994, the synopsis is two imprisoned men bond over a number of years finding solace and eventual redemption through acts of common decency. Directed by Frank Darabont and written by Frank Darabont. Darabont? Composed by Thomas Newman and the big actors are Morgan Freeman, Tim Robbins, Bob Gunton. The budget of $25 million. Box office earnings was $73.3 million. And you can watch it on HBO Max right now. Respectable, you know. No Avatar. No Avatar, yeah. $2 billion. (laughs) They should be ashamed of themselves. Actually, typically, I mean, rated R films don't usually actually get that much. Just like a few. Actually, I feel like the only rated R films that actually get a lot of, like a huge return, are maybe superhero related. I'm pretty sure Deadpool made a lot of money. Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you Deadpool, yeah. That's kind of plays into the audience that it's for. Mm Mm-hmm. So, but also, I feel like all superhero movies nowadays, because society yeah. doesn't have taste anymore. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's. I mean, there's a few great ones, but not, not a lot of them. You know, not a lot of great ones. A lot of stinkers as well. But Big T, yes, this is the very first time you've ever watched this film. It is. I've seen it. But not like in order because it was on TNT, as I explained last episode. And I just kind of would pop in and pop out. What did you think about this film? You know, I 
was not a big fan of this movie throughout most of it. I feel okay. like the last act really saves this movie. Interesting. Um, and I know that's very blasphemous of me to say that I wasn't super into it. I thought it was fine. I thought that there were like some good parts, some good dialogue and stuff. And maybe I'm just dumb, but I feel like the first hour and a half were not super engaging. There wasn't really like a central conflict. I didn't really have any reason to root for certain characters. Mm. To me, the movie really picks up once Tommy gets introduced. And then you really kind of see the true colors of the warden come out and you see kind of that conflict between them. Um, And I understand that they have to have the first hour and a half or whatever to like build the narrative. But to me, I mean, you know this, I hate watching movies that are longer than they need to be, especially when they peak after two hours or they like pass the two hour mark. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's like, and I would put it like, solidly like six or seven out of ten for me whoa you'd go even as low as six that's crazy no it's probably around a seven depends on the uh, other ones it's getting compared to yeah yeah sure yeah i mean i i would probably say that i don't think it deserves a top spot personally yeah yeah i really don't know why it's it's at the top spot and it remains in the top spot it's literally like all my google searches in the past few days have been like why does everyone love the Shawshank really? Redemption so much? Yes. What, what were your findings? You know, people say like, <laughs> one of the things I saw, which I think this is accurate, they're like, it's a pretty solid movie because there's not a lot to hate about it. They don't mm. do anything glaringly wrong. So you can't, you know, point out whatever. But then a lot of people say people really like it because of its message about hope. The relationship between Andy and Red is like really powerful. Yeah. And I think that that's fair. Like, the relationship that they build is obviously one of the more engaging parts of the movie. Yeah. I just really feel like this movie could have been, like, 45 minutes shorter. Like, let's cap this baby at, like, an hour 45. Good to go. Right. You know, I think it would have been, to me, who has no attention span. Sure. Um, thank you, TikTok. But just, I, <laughs> yeah. well, no, I, I haven't had attention span, like, my whole life. But, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of how I felt. But Yeah, I could see that. I Yeah, I, I could see why you'd probably want things cut out because there is like a lot of exposition with a lot of different characters. I, I, I don't know a lot about the original book. I think by Stephen King, I'm pretty sure he's Mm -hmm. the one that wrote the original book. And I don't really know a lot about like how that's written. I don't really know a lot about the director and writer, um, Frank Darabont, but I I'm wondering if he had like anything specific to say, because like, there's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of like, going into the the specific characters and kind of like their relationship with each other and that's that's one thing that I could definitely highlight with this film is everyone really feels like they are are actually a part of a family much like how we felt about the godfather i think the godfather does it yeah. a little bit better but like it yeah. really does feel like they know each other mm-hmm. you know for a long time and they're they're just in the system they get it uh yeah. what's what's the phrase that or the term that red uses like when you've been in prison for a very long institutionalized. time. Institutionalized. Institutionalized. Yeah. I felt institutionalized after the first two hours of this movie. <laughs> I felt like I had been sentenced to two life in Oh prisons. my gosh. Wow. <laughs> that is such kidding. a rough review of this film. No, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> being a jerk. <laughs> right when Andy is introduced, like, actually, no, before that, I guess, technically, with Morgan Freeman's character, Red, when he is going in for his evaluation, right, to be the parole board yeah the parole board yeah i don't know any of these actual terms but 
Um, they probably said it in the film. I just don't remember. But he gets denied like immediately. You could tell that he's got like a pretty. He's saying it sincerely, but it's you know a thought out already you know planned out speech that he's going to give to the board to hopefully get out, and he gets rejected. Yeah. And when he goes out onto the yard, when Andrew and Andy's bus is coming into play, you know, pulling up and everything, he's just like happy rejection day, you know, like stuff like that. Like they're just talking so candidly, like. No one gets ex- approved ever. Like they just get rejected constantly. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, I don't remember the exact characters that Red's talking to in the yard, but just yeah, talking to them like it's just another day, you know. Mm-hmm. And what's really sad because I didn't I, the first time that he gets rejected right at the beginning of the film, I started like I was wondering like oh I wonder how long it takes to get into the board again like is it going to be another year or two or whatever and then the next time we show him is another 10 years later like that that would be so the fact that he's so whatever about it like no big deal but he knows that it's going to take another 10 years mm-hmm. before he could possibly get out he's already been there for 20 yeah cuz that was his 20 year thing and uh or maybe, or maybe even longer. I guess I don't the know. The first parole we see is at twenty years, and then there's the two more years. at thirty and at forty. I think. Yeah, yeah, and so it's just like, oh my, like he just doesn't. He's totally. He already is institutionalized, you know, because he's okay. He's okay waiting a whole yeah. other ten years for his next parole board. And I, I, I don't know. I just thought that that was really interesting. Just. Um, establishing kind of that rule right from the get-go and how devastating I would be. But I guess after 20 years, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, another 10 years just added to the list, you know? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that that is also an intentional part of the exposition they give you is like they want you as an audience to really feel like they've been in prison for a long time because, yeah. you know, you I think you span, what, 20 something years in this movie. Yeah. I just I don't know. I feel like we got a lot of the repeat events like, OK, he's getting assaulted in prison again. OK, he's getting thrown in the yeah. hole again. OK, he's you know, it's like. He's asking for supplies again. Like, it was just a little bit too repetitive. It felt like it could have been more succinct to me. But I also Mm. get that they're trying to really make you realize, like, this is a, they're in here for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it it wasn't really about how Andy's going to handle this, if he's going to try to escape, if he's going to get out, if they're going to find that he's innocent or guilty. It was more of just a commentary of just the prison life. And I think Mm -hmm. something that's really cool also in the film is, they don't get into any specifics besides Andy, I think, of what anyone did before to yeah. get in there. No one talks about it. They just say they're that, all innocent because they're all quote unquote innocent. Right. And so I just yeah. thought it was really cool. It's like no one like there's probably people that get beat up like from day one. Maybe they find out. But at least with this knit group of people, this tight knit group of people, they don't care. You're a friend of mine. And what goes on in prison is the only thing that matters because what yeah. you do in here is what directly affects, you know, how my time in here goes. Yeah. And so I thought that that was really cool to just like kind of totally separate, you know, that and that's that's where the relationships start is right from prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that, too, because. I mean, especially in the 90s, but even still today, so often criminals, convicts, ex-convicts, felons, whatever you want to like. Yeah. call them and stuff they are defined by that right like they are an ex-con like yeah, yeah, yeah they're defined by the worst thing that they've ever done and in this movie you don't even learn what the worst thing they've ever done is like yeah, yeah. they're a human being outside of that label which yeah i agree is very cool and i think if i i do remember seeing somewhere that i think brooks like 
is actually like a lunatic. <laughs> like he, I mean, you kind of see that you kind of get a glimpse because he doesn't want to leave prison. He got approved yeah, and he doesn't want to leave or either got approved or he's, uh, his time's just up. I don't, I don't know, but I'm not entirely sure what it is, but I'm pretty sure like in the book, I think it goes into, he killed his wife and his child or something like that. Like he just had a break or something like that. And so that's why he's in prison, but it's just interesting because you don't know that in the film at all. And he's just like, he's just, he just seems like this kind of closed off, like old man, a cute old man. He has a bird and like, yeah, he loves his library. Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. You don't get that violent side. Delivering stuff for red and whatever, like he's just. Yeah, I love when he raises man. the that he raises the bird, Jake or whatever. <laughs> yeah, the crow, I guess. I don't. Yeah, I think it ends up being a crow, right? A raven. I have no idea, but very uh, just cute old guy. But like that's what I think the the writer and director really cared about was just showing their life in prison and making mm-hmm. sure that you don't. He wants you to maybe sympathize with people in prison. I don't know if he's trying to say that. If he's if he's trying to get you to like look at them as human beings as well. I, I have no they idea. Are. <laughs> well, they are human beings, but they did terrible things. So, like, you get rights yeah, yeah. taken Society away from you. Society just, like, dehumanizes people, for sure. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is, like, obviously everyone brings their own beliefs and values to art and interprets it in different ways. And like you said, I don't know what the intention was, but that's something that I really enjoyed about this movie is that we see a very human side of a section of society that is often dehumanized and Mm -hmm. often, you know, treated very poorly. Um, And that's what, to me, obviously, like, that's a commentary that I walk away from this is like, look, there are these people in prison that sure, they have ostensibly done some really horrible things, you know, maybe killed some people, robbed some stores, whatever. But when they're put in a structured society or like a structured environment, they are able to flourish, you know, they get their diplomas they are they're reading they're doing all these like things that are like quote unquote civil society but like they're treated as if they're not humans by society at large and by the guards and the warden you know they like literally will beat these other human beings so i really like that that commentary of like hey people are humans and even if you want to like remove that from them that's like not okay yeah and and also on t- like going along with that there's really only one prisoner that's like shown to really be a villain with, or like i guess a group of prisoners the sisters as yeah. they're referred to i don't know their actual names but boggs is the i think we only learned boggs's name yeah 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 okay i see that yeah so boggs like the 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 main villain i guess of of this in the prison actually but then the only other pe- or besides boggs and the sisters the other people that are painted as villains are the yeah, like you said, prison guards, the warden. Yeah. Not all prison guards. Some of them are pretty chill. I, I think some of them are like, I can't remember the one prison guard's name, but when Andy finally gets all the books approved and stuff like that, he's like, oh, good for you, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, they might not be actively perpetuating the violence, but I'm sure they're all complicit in it, right? Yeah. When, I don't remember the head guard's name, but when he like literally beats that guy to death, nobody stops. None of the guards stop him. All these guards no. who have power in this system. So yeah. yeah, they might not be like quote unquote the bad guys, but they are complicit in a lot of the acts of violence that happen towards the prisoners. And they're the only people that in the film that know what all these prisoners 
did beforehand, or maybe they don't even care, but I would assume that they probably know all their sheets. They probably know exactly what they did to yeah. get in there for. And so they probably feel justified in, in beating these people to yeah, death. They, may, they make excuses to act out their anger and their violence on people that they don't see as human. Yeah. Which is messed up. Which is ironic because that is probably what they think of the prisoners, right? Like, yeah. Oh, you guys were violent and did these horrible things. And then the guards turn around yeah. And are hypocrites and do the same exact thing. But yeah. it's justified because they're wearing a badge, you know? Yeah, they're wearing a badge and these people got in here for terrible reasons. Yeah. But in turn, yeah, they become murderers. Or at least that guy, ha- uh, Hadley, yeah. I think. And accomplices, right? Because a bunch of guards st- stood around. True. And then there's the whole prison system. I'm sure, I mean, we know that Hadley wasn't held accountable to it for it to the very end so you have all the other prisoners the doctor any of the medical staff i'm sure the warden was i mean the warden literally gets tommy killed like yeah there's definitely maybe there's one overtly violent and aggressive guard but everyone around him is enabling him to commit those acts of violence yeah and then get away with it yeah when like they really should do something about it. Cause I'm sure a couple of them were probably like, well, okay, dude, like you should yeah. not be doing this, but they, they let him get away with it, which is interesting. They're the only people that could really stop it because yeah, they're the ones that have the power. Is Hadley going to kill him? You know, the other guards that speak up. I mean, the, the guards will probably make their life hell and maybe the guard will get kicked out, you know, but yeah, that's the thing is like everyone around them is complicit in the violence. Yeah. 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 That to me was one of like, and again, this is like my, my, bringing my own worldview to the movie. But yeah. like to me, one of the big takeaways to this was a cross and a uniform can let you get away with all sorts of horrible things. Right. Yeah. 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 Especially in like, especially in, in a, you know, prison where n- none of the outside world is, is viewing anything that you're doing. Right. Yeah. There's no oversight. Yeah. I, I guess this is based I don't know when is when is this based on the 60s or um it spans the 40s to the 60s. Oh yeah, the 40 that's right because he like the very end of the 40s because that's when Andy goes in and then he gets out like 69 or 68 or 67, something. 67, like 68, yeah. Yeah, cuz he didn't go all 20 years, he escaped Went 19. 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I don't know. Were there any characters bes- I mean, I guess obviously like Andy and Red, um but were there any of the side characters that stood out to you that you like enjoyed watching or you like their performance? Mm, I really liked Tommy's character. He grew on me once he kind of like opens up a little and is less douchey. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, but now none of the characters. I liked Jake. Yeah. J- I actually really liked Brooks too, even though he sort of like snapped a little bit. Yeah. But yeah I feel bad. Just the for fact him. that he had like a little baby bird in his pocket, I was already like, I love you. I'll die for you. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. It was. It was a sad. I actually really like, I mean, I guess if you don't know what Brooks did, it's it's really sad when he like eventually kills himself because you just, you know that he's been so instituted. I mean, most of his life, like more than half of his life was in that prison. He's an old man. Yeah, he man. spent 50 years. It's they yeah. Said. And, and, he, and he gets out and he's just uh, <laughs> funny because we kind of talked a little bit last episode about like grocery grocery baggers and <laughs> a little bit and he, <laughs> i was actually thinking that too when we watched yeah. this and that's the job that everyone gets is a grocery bagger when they get out of prison i mean it was also the 60s though like that was yeah. definitely a thing back then I yeah, think yeah, like yeah now it's not really a thing it's <laughs> true but it's it's just interesting because he i think red also explains it like he's he's a somebody he was a somebody in prison he delivered the books yeah people loved him he was you know he's a positive light in people's lives and and 
in prison and then when he gets out he's a nobody no one cares about him the the only mm-hmm. people that are acknowledging him is because he's too slow at bagging and he needs to pick up the pace and that's pretty much it and then he goes yeah. to the halfway house and but i i love that he he's probably closed off to everyone in actual you know life outside of prison but when he's writing the letter to everyone in prison and they're all men right they he's totally opening up all of himself to them. Yeah, he's really vulnerable. Super vulnerable, which is just so, really speaks to the depth of their relationships with each other, you know? Yeah. And it's just kind of cool to see that, especially sometime in, you know, in the 50s and 60s, where arguably probably back in that day, like, you really wouldn't share anything like that with yeah, any yeah, other sure. man. So it's just, it was a really neat thing to see with Brooks's character. You know, you really feel bad for him by the end, and um, you know, he etches Brooks was here and, and then offs himself. And it's just, it's really sad to know that a really crappy prison with, you know, if you say one wrong thing, you could potentially die in there by Hadley. And, uh, but he would prefer to stay there instead. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's like, to me, that's like a dual commentary on like how there are many layers in society that are like quote unquote worse than prison you know yeah like brooks when he was in prison he was able to raise a bird he was able to see his friends he was able to like work in the library mm-hmm. and then brooks outside of the prison is like he doesn't have any friends he doesn't have a bird he's like working and really struggling at his job like yeah. And there's no mercy. There's no compassion for people who don't meet the demands of society. You know, like society will eat you up and spit you out if you are not of use to society because of the way we've structured it around productivity. And I mean, I would say like capitalism and stuff, but you definitely see like that part of the commentary, like of how, like, depending on sort of where you fall in the class system in the world, like your life can be really miserable. And then you also have this other side of the commentary of like, structure and community bring you life and they bring you energy and even when you're in like a really what you would see as like a really bleak situation like in prison you can find these really great relationships and friendships when you are able to bond with other people outside of the realms of you know like being a productive member of society quote unquote i i wanted to take it to to tommy again because yeah you reminded me of a thought that i had in there when i was watching the film you you said something about him being douchey and he is very douchey. Like the first the first thing that you get of him is him uh, gloating about this. You know, he was stealing a TV or whatever. He's he's got a huge TV and he's like, I can't drop it otherwise I'm, you you can get me on destruction of property yeah. as well, which is like a, a kind of a funny line. But he's just like gloating about his past misdeeds. He and you also find out that he has a wife and a kid and it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like. Yeah. Get yourself together. You know what I mean? And then, but in prison, he, yeah, he, he goes to finish his GED or something like that. I don't, I don't yeah, remember I think it's, exactly. Yeah, his high school diploma. Yeah. And, and he's trying to finish that. He's getting tested for it. Andy's helping him out. And also, I noticed because he's, you, you meet him and he's gloating about his past misdeeds and his um, crimes and stuff. And then when he does gain that better understanding and he gains that education, he is talking to Andy and Red, I think, later. I can't remember exactly what's going on, but he's saying stuff about, like, oh, I feel really, like, 
you know, back when I was doing that stuff, you know, I feel really bad, like really stupid stuff. All yeah. of a sudden with that education and having that structure and having people, I think that actually... And that community that cares for him. It cares for him and believes in him, right? Mm-hmm. And he obviously believes in him. Yeah. He sees that stuff as stupid acts instead of something yeah. to gloat about. So I, I just think that that's a really cool transformation in his character that you were pointing out. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And that's kind of why, I mean, the first scene we get of... Is it Tony or Tommy? Tommy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. I thought you said Tony, though. Oh, did I? I might have. Sorry. I don't know. The first shot we get of Tommy is him wearing like a leather jacket in the in the prison bus. Uh-huh. And like when Andy and the others came in, they were wearing like business attire, you know? So that even of it's like, <laughs> right, okay, right. only a douchebag wears like a leather jacket <laughs> to like the, you know, like that's very much an intentional statement on yeah, Tommy's sure. part. And I think too, like... For for me, it's kind of this commentary on like masculinity and in a sense, toxic masculinity, because Tommy very much goes into the prison with this like, oh, yeah, I like rob these things. And here's like a really funny joke. And like he's very much presenting what it would be like a very stereotypically like masculine front. And then when he builds these actual authentic real relationships with other men who are able to live into their masculinity outside of these stereotypes, that's when you see him become more vulnerable. And that's when you see him let down those guard, those walls and be like, oh, this was really stupid. Or like, oh, I feel really bad because I did harm to somebody or whatever, you know? And so yeah. I really like that we do see that. We see that like this prison, which is a really bad place to be in, actually lets these men grow in ways that wouldn't really be possible in the outside world. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. And it's such a shame with his character, too, because he's really going to end up doing something great for Andy because he truly is innocent. Uh, I didn't remember that from watching it growing up. I could have sworn that we just kind of go through the movie thinking that or not knowing if he's innocent or guilty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it I mean, it is revealed that he is innocent and he really doesn't belong there. And he's been there for like 20 years already and um, or close to 20 years. I don't know. And he he has a chance to get out, and then the the corrupt warden who obviously needs Andy so that he can keep laundering his money, mm-hmm. um, based off of his terrible program that's just basically slave labor, but getting paid. He's the only sole like person getting paid for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that is how the for profit prison industry works, though. Right. Like it's. I mean, I think literally like. If I'm not mistaken, the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery in the United States, has a provision that's like, except as a form of punishment. So like, slavery is technically still legal in the United States, but it has to be in the form of punishment, which is for-profit prisons. Sure. Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. But I mean, that's, I mean, there's multiple moments where you see that, that these prisoners are working probably for free or like a penny an hour or whatever and then the warden is making all the other money yeah 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 it's messed up yeah i what do you think about andy in particular i feel like andy is a likable character he to me and and this might just be because this movie like started this sort of like stereotype but Mm -hmm. he's like a little too all-knowing a little too like cool always one step ahead. I don't know. Like he gets mm. presented that to me makes him a little like one dimensional because mm. he always seems to be like, n- always seems to be knowing what's going on or what's going to happen next. Sure. A lot of times, I don't know, but I really, I mean, I like his character. I like that. He's like patient. I like that. He's really 
because I don't know, maybe I was reading into this, but when he first meets Tommy, it seems like he doesn't really like Tommy, that Tommy kind of like rubs him the wrong way. Mm. But then Tommy comes to him and is like, hey, I need help or whatever. I don't know how to read. And like Andy immediately is like, yeah, let me help you. And I, I, I really like that component of Andy that he really is looking for the best in people, it seems like. And he really does want to help yeah. as many people as he can. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like Andy. I, I think what you're saying about his one dimensional kind of character or his all knowing part of his or characteristic. I actually think that it plays really well because he's, or it makes a lot of sense. He's a, he's an accountant or whatever. So like typically he's going to be right. An accountant. I'm pretty sure he's an accountant. Yeah, He's like, he's a banker. Yeah. I think banker. he's a well-educated white man in the forties, you know? Yeah, sure. And he, he's just like, it, it makes sense because you also get clues throughout. Like he, like it makes sense that he's more calculated, he's more logical, he's kind of constantly trying to run the numbers, whether it be like with actual numbers or with how he's going to be able to spend his time in prison or try to escape or mm-hmm. or whatever. And he also it, it is true to his character even before prison as well because that he he tells Red that that was probably like he's the one that that killed his wife because if he was just more attentive, if he was there for her was able to show his motion didn't drive her away or it wouldn't have driven her away to the other guy where she would have you know later been killed in the you know rich cabin or whatever it is and i think that it just kind of like i was i was wondering this about andy because at the beginning he kind of seems really phased like in shock i don't know what's happening but even in his shock in the hearing like at the beginning of the film He's able to be like, I'm not going to tell you that because I can't remember what it was, but I'm not going to tell you that because then you can get me right now. So even when he's like, like just you look at his face and he just seems in shock the whole time of like, what is going on? Like, why am I? I didn't Mm -hmm. do anything. But then he's he's smart enough to make sure that he's not going to like implicate himself any further. Or yeah, it doesn't really matter. He ends up going to jail anyway, but or prison. But you can see. Even on the bus, he's shocked. Once he lays eyes on the prison and looks up, there's a specific shot where he's looking up like at the architecture for a second, and he's entering prison for the first time. That's when his demeanor changes, and it's like fight mode. Like, okay, I got to start crunching the numbers. I got to start figuring out how I could be one of the top dogs or favored at least, which obviously doesn't work out because of the sisters for a little while. But he ends up, I think that's two years of straight you know, rape and just being beaten constantly. Uh, Assault. Assault, and then he finally gets his revenge. I suppose. What what happens? I don't remember what he does to get the sisters. The guards beat up the Hobbs, Boggs. Yeah, sorry. Okay, okay. I'm like, yeah, wait, Boggs. is it Boggs? Hobbs or yeah, 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 Boggs? That's right. Because yeah, they mess they mess Andy up that he's in the infirmary for a month, and so he can't help the guards, right? Like, yeah, I'm, he can't help the guards, and now they're pissed, and so they go. So they go beat him up. Beat hot, uh, Boggs to within an inch of his life. How how'd you how'd you feel about that? Were you happy or was that him still getting sad? beat? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm never gonna celebrate someone <laughs> right. getting their life like yeah, yeah. taken away from them. But I mean, I'm glad that they weren't able to harm Andy anymore. Yeah, that's true, and potentially other people. I don't know if it was just Andy or if if they rotated yeah. through a few different people. And this is the thing too. It's like, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no you're good. Well, like. If the guards really cared about creating a safe space, like a physically safe space for the prisoners, there are lots of better ways to do it than like beating the shit out of bogs, you know? But like the guards don't care about that. The guards care about the fact that 
well, one, Andy can't help them anymore. And two, they just want to be violent towards someone and they have an excuse to be horrible, violent people, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I I don't really like applaud the guards for it because I'm, in yeah, my yeah. opinion, it's like selfishness on the guards part. Yes. Like if you really want to like protect these prisoners, there's like better ways to do it, you know? But yeah. like I said, I'm glad Andy wasn't being harmed anymore. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, I was happy that Boggs was finally taken out of the equation. Yeah, it's kind of like an awkward cut to, to him in like the wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just going. Everyone's celebrating him finally leaving. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, the the reality is, is <laughs> yeah. a, like the only person that's shown in the prison. There's probably a lot of other terrible people in prison. But yeah. the only person that we see that's still just as bad of a person in prison as they were on the outside world is finally gone. So it's like, okay, cool. Like we just have our happy, you know, friends <laughs> trying to yeah. make the best of everything. It's just day camp now and you can't leave. It's just, yeah, you just can't ever go back home. <laughs> yeah. It was funny though. Red's narration, like you see Boggs getting like dragged into the prison cell screaming. And then like the next shot and yeah. Red's like, two things happened after that. <laughs> the sisters never touched Andy again and Boggs couldn't walk anymore or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like, he, he it's, was eating food through a straw or something. Yeah, like that. It's such like an abrupt transition. It reminded yeah, yeah. me a few episodes ago when you talked about the final destination transition. Between oh yeah. <laughs> this hard, the cut. tanning beds and the hard cut to the funeral. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what it reminded me of. Yeah, that's true. I remember cause I had seen that scene from, or from like a while ago and i remember watching i think it just showed up on youtube or something i'm like oh like i haven't seen this movie in a long time i'm gonna watch this and and seeing bogs get beat up and i was like oh it made me feel so dark inside i was like oh yeah. my gosh and so but it cuts right there and when i was watching this film i was getting ready to feel really dark again and then it does that kind of hard cut i was like oh okay. yeah <laughs> yeah it's just bad. him in the wheelchair <laughs> yeah not too bad it, it right. gave very much like mean girls Getting hit by the bus neck brace scene to me, you know? Uh, a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not Maybe as comedic, did it better, but yeah. Though, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, yeah, I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, it was it was nice to see. It was just interesting because they were the only prisoners that we saw in the film that were actually just as bad, like, in prison. Like, they weren't trying to make family friends at all. They were still yeah. just performing terrible They were just acts. there to be horrible people. And get away with it most of the time. Wouldn't it be funny if you found out that, like, Boggs is in prison for, like, tax evasion, and then he becomes, like, a serial rapist and murderer, and, and then you have all these, like, murderers who are, like, yeah. just a hunky-dory with everybody? Yeah. I I will say that that character was played by Mark Rolston. I'm not sure if... There's probably other stuff that I've seen him in, but I can't remember exactly what it is, because his face does look familiar outside of this film, but mm-hmm. he did a great job being really creepy and just unsettling yeah he was really creepy like right from the first what does he say to andy like in the shower i think that's the first time we really meet him yeah has anyone found you or like are you part of a group yet or something yeah but he says it in such a creepy way that i'm just like oh this (laughs) oh like you're already making me feel really uneasy right now yeah and uh yeah having seen this film a few times before a long time ago in bits and pieces I, I knew what he was going to do, but I just, I forgot that feeling of just, yeah, I don't know. It really got me yeah. like, you're doing a really great job. Yeah. I think kind of going back to what you had said earlier about Andy's character, kind of like knowing everything. I think to me, that was one of the things that made this movie not as engaging is because there's mm-hmm. no conflict for Andy. Like it always feels like Andy 
knows what's going to happen or is in charge of what's going to happen or whatever. And so like, you don't really get any sense of like conflict or tension from him. And so the first hour and a half of this movie just kind of feels like a story, like exposition, like you were saying, because you're just kind of getting like almost the day-to-day life of these prisoners, but there's no, like, I don't know what the stakes are. There aren't any stakes that are explicitly made aware until the warden kind of starts to threaten Andy besides Boggs, but Boggs is kind of like a subplot almost. Right. Yeah. It's just like something to really make you feel bad for Andy at the beginning. And then once they're kind of out of the picture, it's like, Oh, okay. But then he's manipulated by the warden and he's just kind of stuck in that. And Mm -hmm. then I think you said that the movie really picks up when Tommy's introduced and that's, that's when the conflict really rises. It's like, Oh my gosh, he has a chance to escape. Yeah, That's when the stakes are made very clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What I think, is cool about that though is that makes the ending that much more satisfying i think because you realize like yeah it doesn't seem like there's been a lot of conflict but every night for the past 20 years he's been you know sacrificing his sleep which i also think that they do a a nice subtle detail he looks tired a lot of the time through the film and that he is like slowly going kind of crazy because he's still hanging on to that hope i think red says like hope makes you crazy or, or something like that mm-hmm. in here yeah. and it is it is because he is truly hanging on to hope you know this whole time that he's going to slowly chisel away at that wall every single night and hopefully one night he'll be ready to go and finally get out and uh yeah. so i think that's like the lack of conflict i totally get that but i think that makes the ending that much more satisfying because you know that he's been working and he says that in the film too like, oh, time I've got. Like, no big deal. Like, because Red says something about, like, oh, it'll yeah. take some time to get you that chisel. Time I've got plenty of. I don't have the rocks. I don't have the rocks, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I thought that that was cool because that was kind of like a, oh, what's the, oh, it's a word that starts with a P. Patience. No. Like, not precursor. It's a film. It's a film term. Like, foreshadowing? Oh, not a P. Yeah, foreshadowing. <laughs> it's like foreshadowing. P H foreshadowing. There it P-H-O-R-E. is. P H O R E. Yeah, that's right. Not a P. It's it's foreshadowing. Like what's to to yeah. him having time. He's got twenty years to chisel at this yeah. wall. And I think too, I agree with you. I think I mean I I knew the the ending to this because it, I feel like it's such an iconic ending. It's yeah. sort of in the ether. Mm-hmm. But like I think if you had watched that movie without knowing what was going to happen. It's probably a lot more impactful because throughout the first two hours of the movie, you're like, Oh, this is just like a really feel good story about how prisoners can make relationships and like what life looks like during and after prison. Yeah. And then the last like what, 20 minutes you're like, Oh shit, this is like a prison break movie. Yeah, like yeah, I didn't yeah. think that that's what it was going to be, but that's what it is, you know? Right. Yeah. So I definitely agree with you. I think that that ending becomes a lot more satisfying if you're not aware of it, yeah. but that is something that you're kind of aware of just because it's been what 30 years since that movie's been out and it's so popular. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's even more sad. Like knowing without a shadow of a doubt, how long he's been in prison for 19 years. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously other people in there were in there for a lot longer than him because everyone that was in their circle of friends were still there, you know? Yeah. So they, they were there before he got in there and they were still there after and he he's there for so long, and then he finally gets out because he was innocent. It's it's justified, I would say. Like it's finally, and it, what's interesting too is he was he says this to the warden. 
he was an innocent man when he gets in there, but or maybe he says it to Red. I can't remember. But he says it to Red. Yeah. He says it to Red in the library. Yeah. It's like, but they've turned me into a criminal. You know. Yeah, it was something. I was an innocent man before I came to prison. It took me coming to prison to become a crook or something. Yeah, to become a crook. That's right. Yeah. Which is which is also funny because he's the only person that's really making anything happen to turn people around in there to give them yeah. a higher education yeah. and, and to look for more in life than just you know crimes and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think that's very intentional. That like the way I sort of take that is you have these people, very vulnerable people that have been for whatever reason they've been thrown in prison, they've been taken advantage of, they've been exploited, they've been very human rights have been or civil rights or whatever have been stripped from them and they're kind of just in survival mode they're like taking scraps where they can get them you know and then you have this well-educated white man who is like hey there's more to life than just the scraps that the world gives you and then he builds like these wonderful things he builds a library he helps people get their geds and stuff and i think i mean there's obviously you have to acknowledge that like the privilege that Andy comes from allows him to have that education and have that understanding and knowledge. But also that idea of like when people are given resources and when people are given opportunities to thrive more often than not, they will take those opportunities. Like, you know, we wanted to humanize these prisoners and say that they deserve all these horrible things that happen to them. But at the end of the day, they're humans. And when we treat them like humans and give them access to knowledge and education and friendship, like they become like good people because they've always been good people, you know, like they're more than just the crime that they committed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, it probably depends on the crime, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sure. I mean, Martha Stewart. Yeah. She's a person, you know, <laughs> she, what does she do? I can't remember tax evasion, insider or trading, insider trading. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's always funny to me. <laughs> I love the idea that Martha Stewart. Sorry, I don't know why that just makes me laugh. She was like picking away at the and with her axe out the wall, crawling <laughs> yeah. through the. She's like best friends with Snoop Dogg now. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. just it's awesome. I oh yeah. yeah, that was something that I thought about. I don't think that there's like a lot of fantastical things that happen that are like you know that you kind of have to suspend your disbelief for. Mm-hmm. Maybe a couple of things, but I think the biggest one is just like, ooh, mighty convenient that. Andy's like at the end of the hall to where yeah. he has the best opportunity to escape. <laughs> but that's like the only, that's probably the only thing that I can really think of. I'm not sure if there's yeah. a lot. Also so selfish of him. They just could have gotten extra posters and then cut holes in everyone's walls and oh they could have just all escaped, you know, they each have that's on each true. side, you know, put a little poster. That's true. That's a very good <laughs> could point. You, could you imagine? He, well, he just cares about red, man. He's like red when the you get out. cell block just gone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude. All of those guards would lose their jobs. It would be a, it would be terrible. It's like, wow, you guys really did a great job. Yeah, that's that's so funny though. <laughs> it's just like this big long line of, I that's dude. That would be so suspicious though. Everyone's like, everyone has a poster <laughs> at the exact same spot on both sides of walls, In the exact same location. Hmm. Yeah, something's a little fishy. I also I also think something else that you have to suspend your belief on is like. The yeah. wall being made out of like clay, pretty much. Like, oh, I yeah. feel like that stone falls off so easily. Right. 
Yeah. I'm like, if that were actual like cement or like concrete or whatever. Yeah. Like it just feels like it's made out of like dry clay. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, that's that's true. That it probably would be a lot harder to chisel through. That clay, that wouldn't have taken 20 years to chisel through, you know? <laughs> yeah. Cause like he scratched and that maybe that's just like the plaster they put over the front of it, you know, or something. Mm. Oh, yeah. But maybe. he like barely digs his little hammer in there and like a fistful a of <laughs> yeah <laughs> a whole clump of clay just falls right on that's that's very true that's a good point i yeah. think a little bit of that is just a product of the time 1994 i don't know yeah also you have to suspend your disbelief about a rich white man getting sent to prison that never happened a lot of the people were in, <laughs> that were in that prison were white i think yeah but if they're poor though that's a totally different yeah, scenario sure. sure he wasn't i don't think but yeah yeah, he ends yeah, he up was, being a rich man, a way rich yeah. man by the end of it. I don't know how long, how much three hundred seventy-four thousand or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Can get you these days. I bet it's a lot though. I bet that's it's like got to be two a million, lot, yeah. over two million dollars, maybe. Don't know. I'm gonna Almost take, too bad I'm, we don't have Google. I'm gonna Google it right now. Do it. Play some hold music. When does he finally escape? 1968 68 yeah 69 because 19 years and then he escapes in six three i think it's like something 970 i'll just do 970 thousand dollars wasn't it like 370 sorry i that's what i typed did i say something weird (laughs) i think you said like nine i thought you said like nine oh sorry 370 370 whoa 3.1 3.1 million dollars that would be today yeah you're you're set for life like for sure you're set for right you're set for life i think so i mean i'm sure if you're like living on a boat in mexico <laughs> yeah, like you're probably boat. set for life yeah i love how he's like i want to fix up a boat but he found like the worst <laughs> boat that he could possibly <laughs> it's gonna take him 19 years just it's to fix gonna... that boat up <laughs> well, time he's got time he's got big t yeah that's quite a lot of money. <sighs> it's pocket change for me. It's pocket change. And it was... I wish. It was kind of dirty money. <laughs> but yeah. that's okay. I'll, I'll give him a pass. <laughs> it's fine, I guess. I don't know. Honestly, he probably made it cleaner by uh, taking it. Taking it all for himself. Yeah, that's maybe true. He donate, maybe he'll donate more to the prison. He'll buy some more books for the inmates. I hope so. That would be nice. Yeah, he probably just splits it between him and Red, though, to be honest. Yeah. I don't know how much he gives Red. I'm happy that he thought of Red, though. Yeah, it was cute. Their friendship's cute. It was cute. And then they they show up on the beach together. Very nice. (laughs) And then it just, like, expands the shot, and there's, like, a bunch of police officers behind Red. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I hope you like company. (laughs) Um, I can't do a Morgan Freeman impression. I was going to go somewhere with something, but I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, I I do like uh, <laughs> I like the twenty year or thirty year rejection um, anniversary or whatever it is that Andy his little present for him of the harmonica. Mm-hmm. I, I love I love how he's like sorry I had to go through one of your competitors. Yeah, and it's just like there's this whole ecosystem of like just <laughs> like black yeah. market trading or whatever cigarette trading like whatever it is. It's just so funny. Also, yeah, there's an interesting question that could be brought up. What what do the outside people outside of prison get in return? Because 
the only currency inside is cigarettes, basically. It's like, oh, just give me a bunch of cigarettes and then I can get you whatever you want. But like, what do the people on the outside that are like that are giving the laundry person uh, the contraband? What do they get in return? Like, how do they make money off of this? Because the the guards the the prisoners pay him. Remember, Red tells Andy that it'll cost him like ten dollars because he takes twenty percent off the top or whatever. How does he wire any money though? Well, it's probably just he gives the money to the person who works at the laundry, who's delivering the stuff, who gives it to the shopkeeper, who then gives it back. You know. How does he have any like, money, though? I don't get this. He doesn't have um, cash on him. Well, I mean, he's a banker. He has. He probably has access to funds, and they. I think they might get like. Uh, well, they might make like a penny an hour at, at their slave labor jobs. I don't know. Do they? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah, I think nowadays, like, I think you technically have to pay prisoners, but the, some prisoners get paid like thirty-five cents an hour. <laughs> And then the prison makes the rest of the money. Jeez, up, that's you know? rough, man. Yeah, it's it's really absurd. Yeah, especially if you're not really in there for anything major. <laughs> that would be really sad. Yeah, I mean, that's why some people say that there hasn't been like a federal legalization of marijuana and stuff because for-profit prisons push for the mm. continual criminalization because then it lets them lock up poor people and black and brown people for like really low petty crime non-violent yeah. crime and now they have like this infinite pool of slave labor pretty interesting much, you know? it's all connected for-profit prisons are a scam and it's all horrible that's a bummer yeah i'm trying to look at other characters oh yeah i, I also wanted to point out okay so i feel like tim robbins who plays andy he does an okay, like he does a pretty good job acting, but sometimes his his acting is a little odd to me. Mm-hmm. And then he's tired. And then and then Clancy Brown, who plays Hadley, he at the very beginning, I'm like, whoa, he's doing a really bad job right now. Oh, you think so? I like the very 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 beginning, like when he beats the the overweight guy. Oh, he's like a little over the top. Yeah, he's like, oh, get him back to his cell, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like. <laughs> You're yeah. acting like you would in an, in a 60s movie, or like you know what I mean? <laughs> like, this is really cheesy, corny yeah. acting. But then as time goes on, it's it's not as bad. I just feel like maybe the director wasn't, like, paying attention <laughs> to his acting chops in that moment, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but maybe. I have no idea. Or, I mean, who knows? Maybe he filmed the movie... In reverse? Know? No, 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 from start to finish, you know, like it actually would. So maybe as time mm. goes on... Clancy Brown, you know, really gets a lay of the character and figures it out. Yeah, I guess. maybe that part. That part when Andy is playing the Italian opera music over the intercom, and you see Hadley just like the warden walks away, and then Hadley just goes up to the window with like this really yeah. creepy face, like "You're all mine now" or something. Yeah, like that. so it's so freaky. It's just <laughs> like it's really sad too, because like there are so many people that are like inherently like violent and just like very sinister at their core that do jobs like that because they're able to get away with doing horrible things to other human beings in the name of like justice, you know? So I think he really embodies that. Like you get this character who's like, he's not violent because he's a guard. He's a guard because he's violent. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I, yeah, you could definitely, I would say that for sure. I don't think he's been desensitized over time. I think he was jumping at the chance yeah, to be he a takes guard. pleasure in inflicting pain on other humans. Yeah, it's messed up. It makes me wonder what his life outside of prison is. Is he a sweetheart or is he still just as terrible? Well, you kind of get, you kind of get a 
view of it. His brother dies and he doesn't care about his brother. Oh, right. Yeah. He just cares about the money and Uncle Sam, which is right. ironic that he's complaining about Uncle Sam <laughs> because <laughs> really? he, I'm like, bro, you get paid by Uncle Sam. But yeah, exactly. That's funny. And he's married apparently, but who knows if he can. I was kind of hoping that his wife would steal all the money, but we didn't get. Uh, yeah, you never know. You never know. But I, I would have. If, if he gave me money, I'd have been like, see ya. <laughs> you horrible person. The first moment that Andy's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna try. I might die doing this, but I'm gonna try getting yeah. in with the guards or something so that maybe I could turn my luck around here. And he I mean he flirts with he flirts with death right there. He almost dies, like when he's trying to because yeah. he asks he asks Hadley, like, do you trust your wife? Like asking that to yeah. Hadley, dude. <laughs> major death wish right there like yeah that's... not the best way to go about that <laughs> yeah you could have like he buried the lead a little bit yeah yeah well i mean like it's established in andy that he's just a little awkward from the get-go because he doesn't he doesn't really just go and make conversation with people like the first yeah. time he talks to anyone in prison he asks about the overweight guy's name right that's the first time like what was his name like he's not he's not making conversation he just wants to know he's very calculated and so he just kind of or maybe not calculated in that moment, but like he's just actually I kind of think he was being calculated. He wanted to know that person's name so that maybe he could build a list of all the people that Hadley's killed over the years or something like that, so he could build a case against him. I don't know. Wait, it would be interesting if that was the name of the the persona he takes on. Oh. Like he's calculating it from like very day one, you know? <laughs> oh like I'm wow. gonna get out of here by using a dead guy's social security number. Oh, that's a good point. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I doubt that's what it is, but that would be interesting for sure. That would have been great if it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how he'd get him. Come that on, they should have hired me to work on this project. I was two. I could for have that come one up question. with the idea. <laughs> that one question. Hey, hey, Big T, how do you think we could add an extra layer uh, to <laughs> to this whole conspiracy? You should use that one dude's name. Got yeah. it. You're hired. $100,000 to you just for that idea. Woohoo. I'll take it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I did want to mention the Clancy Brown guy who plays Hadley. I'm pretty sure he's the voice of Mr. Krabs in SpongeBob. So No. I'm pretty freaking sure that he's Mr. Krabs, just to let you know. The prison guard? Yeah. The evil prison guard. I'm pretty That's sure he's- so funny. I hope so. Yeah, he's Mr. Krabs. So just That's... to let you know, <laughs> it's the same guy. And Andy's SpongeBob? No. <laughs> this is how SpongeBob got born was out of the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> the inspiration. That's incredible. That's hilarious. I would have never guessed that. Yeah. And Morgan Freeman plays Patrick Starr. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Wild. No, he wow. plays Sandy Cheeks. Sandy Cheeks? <laughs> I can't imagine. Wow. That high pit. He's got like one of the lowest voices out there. <laughs> he plays like. He's got a good range. <laughs> incredible. That's great acting. <laughs> I don't there's this there's another character that's kind of kind of important a little bit the guy who plays Haywood the I I don't know you probably wouldn't know it I don't I'm not sure he's the one that gets his knife like like he yeah, almost yeah, yeah. he almost dies by bricks gets killed and he just kind he of bets on the fat guy to die or whatever get beat first yeah it's messed up and obviously he manipulated the whole situation he was <laughs> telling him whatever would really break him also so he calls him he calls him fat ass right did you watch the credits at all? No, did he get labeled fat? <laughs> yeah, that's his that's his that name. poor guy. Like, yeah. 
He's in no other movies. The only credit he gets is fat. He like goes to auditions and they're like, okay, let's see your resume. What else have you played? Uh, What was that? What was your character's name? I was the guy that got beat up right at the beginning of Shawshank. Okay. Yeah. I cried the prison cell that I got beat to death. Okay. Yeah. My name was fat ass. No redeeming qualities for that character at all. He doesn't really get to show any range whatsoever. He's just terrified the whole time. Yeah. And it leads to his death, which is sad. But honestly, when I was watching that though, That's when he was so funny. <laughs> when he was getting beaten though, I don't really think that any of that would have actually killed him. But whatever, that's fine, I guess. Because he he got a, he took a lot of body shots, which wouldn't. Mm, I guess maybe, maybe he died of a like, broken heart. <laughs> he just wanted to go home. Well, so. also, I mean, it only takes one kick to the head, and yeah. then if you're not if you're not treated for that, which that's they say he's right not away. treated. Yeah, yeah. that's true. He was left until morning. Like a, That's right. a, brain, a brain bleed near a goner. That's a good point because I think that happens like right when it's lights out. And that's probably like, what, nine o'clock? Yeah. Left like that all night. Oh, that God, makes sense. I want to be a prisoner. Go to bed at nine o'clock. Oh, I yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm just kidding. It's exciting life. Go to prison there. to get good to, to sleep at nine o'clock and make friends. <laughs> I don't. I wonder. I have no idea how I should watch like a documentary or something like a pretty big prison i don't know how prisons are these days like i'm sure i think it depends on the prison you go to yeah yeah i'm sure some prisons are pretty decent though but i don't know (laughs) yeah like i don't know i feel like i've heard or whatever that there's some prisons that are like really like white collar prisons that look like a resort (laughs) yeah yeah like really nice like it's really not that big of a deal to go there yeah well i mean it also like it kind of depends because it depends on the what your government says the purpose of a prison is is it for rehabilitation mm-hmm. or is it for punishment you know because right yeah, yeah there's no point in putting people in like squalor if your point is to rehabilitate but right that's a whole different conversation you know i did google though what do prisoners think of the shawshank redemption oh because i was curious i just kind of that's a good question what yeah i just wanted yeah. to know and this one article says that they did like a an interview with a bunch of prisoners and had them watch a bunch of prison movies and like rank them. And Shawshank Redemption <laughs> was the number one movie they liked the most. Weird. Interesting. Yeah. Probably because it's like a, I bet a lot of other prison movies, like it's like, like there's a lot of just terrible stuff going on in them, but this one really is about the brotherhood. Yeah. This one's pretty like feel good kind of, you know? Yeah. It's a feel good prison movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But one guy was like, I spent 43 years in the clink and I would laugh if I watched it. And I was like, okay, scroll past this guy. He's like, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, people did. They just say that they really like, I mean, I don't know if it's accurate. I think it probably depends on the prison you're in, but yeah. they just like the depiction of like hope and the relationships that they build and like seeing that human side of, prisoners that you don't really see in a lot of popular media right it is actually interesting i was thinking about that whole hope thing and how it'll make you crazy in here if you have hope it's it it actually totally makes sense because as long as you're holding on to hope you're not institutionalizing yourself like you're not being institutionalized and so you're gonna be obsessing over the idea of getting out somehow whether like your case is you know, get to get solved or like they're going to realize that you yeah. murder someone or you're planning your escape and stuff like that. Like as long as you're holding on to hope, you're probably obsessing over that. You probably can't really talk to other people and yeah. you, you probably do look crazy because you're just, you're so fixated. Yeah, and it hurts to want something so much and have no control over whether or not you get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it, it yeah. And, and so like the people that don't have hope, the people that don't 
appear to be crazy are the ones that have just totally given up and they're just fine. Like, whatever. I'll live the rest of my days in here. No big deal. It's not that bad, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Now that the sisters are gone, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's like day camp, sleepover camp for 50 years. Yay. What did you think of the makeup in this movie? Did you notice it at all? No. I feel like my wife and I both noticed this because we were watching a scene and I think it's at Red's 30-year parole meeting. And so Andy's been in prison for a decade yeah. and he doesn't look a day older than the when oh, he went in. Yeah, sure. And then you flash forward like 20 minutes and he's like this old man. He's got right. glasses on. His hair's like slicked back. He's wearing like cardigans or right. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't think he's wearing cardigans, <laughs> but, know. but you know, yeah, you yeah. know, like I just feel like they didn't really do a good job of like transitioning him to like middle age. Like no, I agree. He just sort of like you get one scene and then suddenly he's just they put glasses on him and slick his hair back and like yeah. okay you're 50 now it's like wait what yeah yeah i do remember thinking that because all they seemed to do was just put a few gray hairs in and that yeah. was pretty much it and i remember yeah. i like rewound or went back to the beginning to see uh red right from the beginning of the film to like towards the end and i'm like oh what <laughs> it's like he really doesn't look like like they didn't de-age him in any way they didn't put makeup on him to make him look any younger and they didn't do yeah. anything really to make him look older either so it's just like but yeah i guess that's another thing where you have to suspend your disbelief but i was i was okay like it didn't really ruin it for me i was fine with it i guess but i i do agree though they could have probably stepped up their game on that just a little bit thought of thought a little bit ahead of like it had that subtle detail in the chamber, you know? Yeah. Um, one second. My dog is yeah, that's fine. barking. I'm spying on them. One second. <laughs> Play some hold music. <laughs> Will do. Anyway, uh, one thing I did like too, I loved the aerial shot you get of the prison when you first see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool, especially for the 90s. They don't, I mean, True. I don't really know if you used like a crane. I'm sure they didn't have drones back then, but. Helicopter maybe? Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was so low to the ground, but True. I loved that shot that you get. I also think there's something to be said about like, it's clearly like a mansion that's been retrofitted to, well, <laughs> right. not retrofitted, but it's been like renovated to be a prison, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that like, that's definitely commentary on like the slave labor thing. Like this house was probably built by slaves and then now you're like having 20th century slaves living here and stuff. But I just thought it was such an interesting like setup. It was really cool to see the arrow shot. I remember thinking too, it's like, wow, the architecture of this is actually really cool looking. <laughs> like I like the architecture of it, you know, those stained glass windows. and Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it was nice. I, I liked it. I did, when you when you said aerial shot, it made me think of the Italian opera music again and Something that I really that I noticed was, and they point out in the movie as well. But before Red even points it out, I noticed that not a single person out in the yard throughout the entire prison, you know, scoffed at it at all. They were just every single person stopped right in their place and were just listening. And I just I really liked that they actually had everyone stop. Yeah, even the guards. <laughs> they really, yeah, they really, oh yeah, the guards were probably like, "What is going on?" But maybe that was actually maybe a welcome taste to them as well. I don't know, like, uh, or a welcome yeah. surprise, like, oh, cool, something that's not silence, I guess. <laughs> or not silence, but just people talking. Yeah, or the screams of the prisoners as we beat them to death. <laughs> right, yeah. They need, a, they need a soundtrack to their violence. Yeah. Yeah, the only person that seemed pretty 
Actually, maybe the most excited person out of everyone was Hadley because he knew he'd be able to beat someone up. <laughs> yeah, probably. But no, every it was just a really cool thing that everyone stopped and they really appreciated it. Even if, like, even even Haywood, he says like, "Oh, why couldn't you have played, you know, this instead?" But you see him, like, he's he's stopped. He's he's happy. He appreciates it. You know, it was just cool. It's the simple things when you're locked away, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. It was a dumb move on Annie's part, though. Like, I understand, like, why he did it. But at the same time, it's like, dude, like, you have it. Like, just wait a little bit. You don't need to sacrifice your time. Well, what's kind of funny is, like, they talk about how the the hole or whatever is... Like the worst thing imaginable for Andy, it's probably pretty nice because he's forced to sleep. He he <laughs> can't true. work on his tunnel anymore, so he's probably like, "Yeah, this is a vacation. I get to just rest." <laughs> yeah, you get, that is a very good point. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't have. Yeah, he could, he gets to sleep. He gets that rejuvenation, and he just gets to hold on to that music that he was hearing. You know. Yeah. I mean that was only a week, right? I think that was, or was it a? No, I think it was two weeks. That would that I think was two weeks, that and then two weeks. when he defies the warden, it's two months. Two months, yeah. Which that would be really hard. Which ugh, that warden is the worst piece of junk. I did think that um, I really liked the symbolism of a vault filled with like illegal shady money being stored behind like a religious quote. That just was like too on the nose for me. Right, but I loved it. <laughs> Like, he's literally using religion to hide illegal money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he also looks over, he also looks over that at that, I think, before he dies, or at least the camera shows that sign. What does it say? I don't remember exactly. I think I wrote it down. It says, his judgment cometh and the right soon, or something like that. I'm pretty sure that's yeah, what it said. Something like that. Which was just awesome, because that was also foreshadowing of, like, what's going to happen to him, because he probably wrote that thinking, or he probably puts that up there. You know, thinking that that's gonna be for the that's the for the prisoners. His judgment's yeah. coming to you right now. But in reality, it was for him because he's such a crooked person and you know, killer essentially. I mean, yeah. So, I just thought that that was a nice little thing that he got what he deserved. Maybe I don't know. Oh, whatever. What you? Th- a general generalized form of he got what he deserved. You know? Yeah, like <laughs> we're not surprised that the yeah, warden. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we sort of are surprised because. People in positions like that very rarely get held accountable, I yeah. would say, you know. But we're not upset that his story came to a sad conclusion like that. Yeah, yeah, In a media sense. Right, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's supposed to get a little, like, the justif- justification is kind of there. Yeah. And did you notice, I don't, so when we see the warden for the first time, he has a cross on his lapel. Mm, I didn't notice. Yeah, he has a cross on his lapel, and then there's a scene where he's having a press conference and it's when he's first announcing like the slave labor program pretty much where they yeah. have people go outside and he's not wearing the lapel anymore or the cross anymore. Oh, interesting. He's it's it looks like it's almost like a little American flag circle or I can't really tell what it is. Mm. I wasn't sure if you noticed that because I was going to no. ask you why you think that they changed it up like that. I mean, my one assumption would be that he couldn't, in good conscience, wear it or something. I don't know, but wear wear the cross, wear the cross, because he's he's announcing something that he's, you know, gaming the system by. He's not really doing a good thing, so maybe it's just like oh, good conscience. I don't know. Like maybe it just. I don't know. I don't think he has a conscience. He gets someone killed, launders a bunch of money. What state? What happens in the prison stays in the prison, though. You know. 
Yeah. To the public, he couldn't wear it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I wish that I, I wish I could see what it was a little bit more. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. But it was interesting. I just noticed that they had taken that off from him. Yeah. That's interesting. But the way he treats Andy, though, as like a personal servant is. Right. Yeah. Shine my so shoes. Gross. Yeah, yeah. Shine my shoes, get my dry cleaning, do the bills or whatever. Like, yeah. Ugh, it's so frustrating. But you know, like maybe not that exact scenario, but situations happen like that where people in power are taking advantage of the people that they're supposed to be, yeah. you know, custodians of and stuff. And it's just so gross. Hey, he gives Andy that the rest of his pie, though. Yeah. He takes all the money in there and gives him the pie after he says that the wife <laughs> can't cook for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at all you know that's right yeah yeah kind of going off of the quote thing earlier i did like when the warden's essentially sizing up andy to make sure that like he could trust him or that he's not going to be violent or whatever when he turns over his cell and which is just messed up because they just like leave the cell in desiree basically it's like wow thanks desiree disarray anyway he he notices the bible which I'm pretty sure was holding the chisel, right? Like that was actually yeah. That's a, what that's what we're led to believe. Yeah. Thank goodness he didn't open it up. <laughs> but yeah, probably because he doesn't actually open the Bible up. <laughs> right. He does know the Bible, or at least certain parts of the Bible. He's able to quote some yeah. of it. And then obviously, Andy. This is what I wanted to bring up. Andy. He asks him like, "What's your favorite passage?" Or do you have a favorite passage? And then Andy says, "Watch ye therefore, for ye know not when the master of the house cometh." And I was just like, "Oh, that's so clever!" Like, obviously, yeah. he's talking about the warden and and the or the guards or whatever. Like, he's it's probably it's probably actually really referencing like the night, like knowing like when um like making sure that he's not going to be heard while he's chiseling when the guards like come around. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that that was clever. I no, I like that too. That was fun. Yeah. But the warden doesn't really catch on. I would have been, I feel like I would have heard that. I'm like, hmm. Hmm. That's a little interesting. He's got all these chiseled uh, stonework and stuff over there on the thing. How is he able to even do that in the first place? Why? Well, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I would have been a little like, hmm, that's weird. Maybe not, actually. I'm probably over. The warden was probably too. Is that? My screen, or is that your? That's my light. House? I don't know what's going on. Disco. Uh, Alexa, turn the brightness. Whoa, Alexa. Alexa, what a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had kids over earlier, and they unplugged the Alexa. I'll be right back. <laughs> Hold music. Do 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 do. Layers of film, yeah. You having a party over there? Yeah. I got to wait for it to like boot up now so that I could. <laughs> I love that you like, instead of turning the lights off or something, <laughs> you just plug the Alexa well, in. This... Like... <laughs> <laughs> this happens every once in a while. There's an explanation. This happens every once in a while because I have like these dumb smart bulbs. Oh, did it stop? I think it stopped. But every once in a while, like one of them gets all weird and just starts going freaky yeah it gets like blue and and white all of a sudden like just kind of snaps in and out and so if i turn the brightness down just a little bit then it ends up fixing it but i've i've tried turning it bezos logging into your lights oh whoa jeff get out of here no it's because he wants to hear our podcast before it's released that's right because it's so good he's a loyal listener if you didn't know, Jeff Bezos is a strong <laughs> supporter of our podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Uh, I turn off. I've tried turning on, turning off, and then on the lights again. Yeah, and it doesn't do anything. So 
but that it fixed itself, I guess. I don't know. We're fine. Good job. Congratulations. I just had to plug the This Alexa. segment was brought to you by Amazon Alexa and dumb smart bulbs. And oh, they need to do Buy better. yours at Amazon Prime. At AmazonPrime.com. I don't think it's called AmazonPrime.com. <laughs> it's just Amazon.com. <laughs> anyway, what was I... Was I saying something? Oh, the quotes. Yeah, I don't think... I think I was done with my thought anyway. Yeah. I really like the music when they find the tunnel. I feel like that music's really well done. Oh, yeah. It's like adventure I don't music. normally... Yeah, I don't normally... Um, consciously make note of music in movies because it's just not really my thing but i was like "Ooh, i like this jam this is this is this is fun <laughs> it's perfect because you're like excited like oh he's out you know yeah. well you already know that he's out but like it's just like oh the hunt is on and, and it's just like this exciting thing where you're kind of smiling yeah. like are they gonna get him they obviously don't but like you know what i mean like yeah you're excited for him yeah you're excited and you're excited to see the like dumb look on the warden's face like oh yeah mm-hmm. he got you you piece of junk you know yeah the comeuppance is definitely very yeah. fun it's awesome i would be so terrified if i were him though it's like this guy the knows warden? everything yeah this guy knows yeah, everything yeah. and he's out uh-oh <laughs> and that's the thing is like if the warden had just played along with andy andy probably wouldn't have told yeah. on the warden like yeah. if he at the warden had been like oh yeah let's get you you know a proper investigation let's get you out but so right. you get the warden was greedy. Yeah. And it bit him in the butt. I also like the shot where he goes in to try to like he's going to find his he thinks that he's going to have Paula's shoes and then he opens it up and it's Andy's yeah, nasty shoes. And then the mm-hmm. siren goes on, which is weird timing of like that's cheesy, but whatever. It was just like nice to see like uh, like he's he knows something's off yeah. and then all of a sudden the siren goes off. And then you get to see like the everything sort of like click into place, you know. Yeah, like yeah. Andy's escaped. He has the shoes. He goes to the bank. He has the money. He like red gets out. It's like yeah. just a series of like, yes, events, you know, yeah, yeah. you're just really excited for everybody. Which probably couldn't happen anymore. Like in the sixties, I guess that's, or maybe early seventies. I don't know. But like it was that, the sixties, late sixties. Yeah. I don't know. It, it like, you could get away with that. It's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to close this account. Of three hundred seventy-four thousand yeah. dollars, write me a check, please. It's like yeah, which like, which okay. equates to and take my mail. Yeah, and take it. All right, please, yeah, forward this mail. It's just funny that like that works. Like obviously that wouldn't that would raise a lot of eyebrows. I think these days we're just like, hmm. which I wonder if that would have really worked in the sixties though. I, it's more believable you know? in the sixties, but yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah, but I feel like it would get flagged in today's automated systems. Yeah, well, yeah. like immediately. Yeah. Have somebody investigating something. Closing an account with $3.1 million in it? Yeah. And just taking it all? Well, it was multiple accounts. It wasn't just one account. He was says it? that he goes to multiple banks. Yeah. Oh, okay. You only see it at one and then Red's like... Oh, okay. And then Red's like, Andy went to, you know, five banks that. that day or whatever. Okay, but that makes that makes more sense. Gotcha. I do... I also wanted to point out another subtle detail. When Red goes to the tree um, and to you know, to open up the box that Andy left for him. Red goes there and he finds the box and then he just kind of like the subtle detail of him being in prison for so long. He finds something that he's not supposed to have found or that's hidden. And then, yeah, he looks over his shoulder, like to the left and right. Like, I don't want anyone seeing this because bro, you're in an empty field. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You can't even hear any cards coming. You can't hear footsteps. Like there's no one around you, but he still looks around anyway. So I just thought that that was a fun little detail that they had in there. Yeah. I thought that was good. 
I also noticed too, I don't know how intentional this was. I'm sure it was somewhat intentional. But when Red goes into his first parole hearing, it's a board of all white men. Mm-hmm. And then in his parole meeting where he gets his parole approved, there's a single woman sitting at the board with a bunch of white, with all the other white men as well. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So I just thought it was like interesting commentary on like how a bunch of like detached white men are deciding the fate of like this, you know, black man in prison. And then once you get even like a smidgen of diversity on the parole board, that's why representation is important, you know? Wouldn't it be funny, though, if there was like a deleted scene and you see it and she's the one person fighting so hard to keep him in? (laughs) Just Everyone else is like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like there was one subtle detail that I wanted to point out as well. Oh, it was just, uh, maybe it's not a subtle detail, but I thought it was interesting I can't remember exactly what point this is. It might be when he's chiseling the or carving the thing for the first time or like carving the wall and realizes that maybe he could, you know, go further with it. Or it's it's something else. I can't remember. I think maybe when he gains favor with the the guards offering his, you know, assistance and stuff like that, but I think it's with the sisters. Like he's always, you know, just fighting for his life against the sisters. But once he kind of has like the sliver of hope, like finally, and you see him smiling, he gets the beers for all of his friends up on the roof and he's smiling. He doesn't, you know, drink at all. Like you could tell like the wheels are turning in him. And when he is confronted by the sisters the next time, he doesn't care at all. Like he just like if you try to put I think he says like your dick, like if you try to put your dick like anywhere near my mouth, I'm going to bite down and you're going to lose it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the next thing you put in my mouth is going to get bit off. Yeah, that's right. And so yeah. like, it's just, it's just funny how his demeanor just totally changed. Like he doesn't even care now because he, he has hope that he's totally going to get out. He's yeah. or he's going to be able to, you know, game the system. Now. And he's got some power too, right? Like true. he knows he's somewhat protected. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, yeah, which obviously works out for him. Bog has got his legs broken. <laughs> like in multiple places <laughs> for just sure. that shot the shot to him in the wheelchair is just yeah, like yeah, yeah. is so absurd <laughs> it's, it's, and his face he's like so sad oh yeah well he's the, that was the one place where he could be a terrible human being and he was gonna be fine yeah. one other scene i really like in this movie that i find really touching and it's not necessarily one scene but it's like the juxtaposition of brooks in the room and then he hangs himself, you know, he writes Brooks was here and then he hangs himself. And then you have read a few years later, a decade or whatever later. And he's saying a lot of the same stuff that Brooks had said in his letter. He's mm. talking about like, no one cares about an old crook like me or whatever. Right. But then obviously red doesn't hang himself. He just writes yeah. and read and read too or whatever. And then he goes yeah. and finds Andy. Cause like a central theme to this movie is about like hope and how hope sort of can get you through really hard times. And Brooks didn't have any hope and, and red did have hope. Yeah. But I really like that they sort of play into that comparison between the two. And then you see kind of what it looks like when you are able to have hope and you are able to have community and like how important that really is for people's survival. Because at the end of the day, it's like I was saying earlier, it's definitely a movie about relationships and how important those are and how they can get you through really tough times. Yeah, I do. I do also like there's two people that we see legitimately get out of prison and that's Brooks and him and Brooks he like when he's leaving like there's there's a few guards around him when he's walking outside of the fence and one of the guards I think he gives a handshake to 
And so it's just like kind of sweet to see. Like there are some some of the guards were close to these prisoners, and they were able to yeah. like see them for their character in prison, and uh, gain a you know gain kind of a relationship or a friendship with them, a bond, and to yeah. see them happy that they're finally getting out. You know, it was it was kind yeah, of yeah, not nice close to see. enough to stop someone from beating a prisoner to death, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> close enough to give them a handshake when they get out of prison. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't know. It was just kind of nice to see that there were some good guards in there. And I, I said that a little bit earlier, too. But I don't know. I just like that. There were some guards who weren't explicitly violent. Explicitly violent. Yeah. They were at least happy for the prisoners. They were complicit in violence. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you don't know if all of those people were. They might be on a completely different shift. You don't think any you think that none of that ever got back to them in my world? No. What do you mean in your world? <laughs> In my, in, I'm just gonna choose to see this movie as. Oh, oh gotcha! I was like, "Are you a prison guard? Do I <laughs> no, need to?" Do- no, I'm gonna choose to see those guards as they weren't involved in any of that shady stuff at all. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, you're supposed to be the one practicing a positive outlook on stuff. Come on, man. Hey, I'm positive that they knew about the violence. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> nice. I don't. Uh, I don't think that I have really any more notes on this film. I don't either. Let me just look over. I've looked through all the other sections. I haven't looked through this one section. I convinced myself to... I think that this is like a 7 or an 8. You're you're up to an 8 now? Yeah. Or eh, maybe high 7. Who knows? But you could, It could be an 8 on a good day. Yeah. I think that like if you... I probably would never rewatch this movie because it was just too goddamn long. But... So it. this isn't even the longest movie we've watched though. The I know, Godfather but the problem longer. is like there's... But The Godfather has like clear stakes and like a clear conflict. This one, I think if you watch it more as, and this is like such a weird thing to say, but like a feel good prison movie, (laughs) you're like, oh, okay, I can get more invested in this. But I was like watching it as like, okay, where's the conflict? Like, when are we going to learn about him wanting to escape? When are we going to learn about the warden being corrupt? When are we going to learn about, you know, whatever? Yeah. But if it's, if you're more watching it for like the relationships and the, brotherhood that's formed i i could get behind that a little bit more but yeah which is why i think i i enjoy this movie probably more than you i i still don't think i think the godfather's better personally 100 percent. but um i i still appreciate this movie and i and i do i do like seeing that brotherhood like i'm okay with not yeah. having stakes for a third of the film or whatever it is because it's like it's, two-thirds of the film or two-thirds of the film because i just i enjoy seeing all of these different characters and how they go through it all i like brooks's whole subplot yeah subplot and just seeing how sad that ends up being for him you know yeah. red constantly getting rejected but also like the inner community going on over there the slow turnaround of the the prison itself of people yeah yeah, turning their whole lives around and and gaining you know better education and really forming a solid community in there. I I appreciated it for sure. Yeah, that's true. I did. I did also like there's. I think there's a quote by Red when Brooks dies and he's kind of explaining like why that was to everyone else that was kind of reading the letter along with him or listening to the letter when he was reading it, and he says they send you in here for life. That's exactly what they take. And she's like, oh man, that's a really important. Yeah. Um, realization to make here is is that they really do take any kind of ambition that you could possibly have outside of prison you don't really get an opportunity to experience because even when you do leave prison any ideas that you maybe have creative or 
you know, building yourself up in a certain company, it's not going to happen because you're going to be stuck as a grocery bagger and everyone's going to look weird at you. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad because I mean, we sort of talked about this before, but there's kind of like two from, I mean, I'm not a prison expert, but there's like two main camps, like of like prisons and the justice system in general, like a punitive prison system and a restorative prison system or a justice system. Right. Yeah. And it's really sad that like it's punitive because you see in this movie, and I would say for a lot of prisoners in real life that like, they're not inherently bad people that like need to be locked away because they're dangerous to society. They're people who, for whatever reason made bad choices and sometimes didn't even make bad choices. They've just, been you know exploited or whatever right and they're punished for it when if you built a justice system that was restorative and rehabilitates people and really wants to like bring goodness to the world and not just like punish people you get a radically different society you know yeah for sure and then i also wanted to point out red's three different because we touched on it a little bit but his you know parole hearings or whatever it was parole board stuff the first time he recites it, but it's he's putting emotion behind it. The second time he says the exact same thing again with zero emotion. He's just going through he's just going through it, right? And then the last time he totally ditches. Like he actually once Andy has escaped, this guy who had this hope and he, he makes his escape. Once his best friend is out there, he finally like, you know what, I'm gonna be real with you guys. Which mm-hmm. is interesting because like the only people that he's real with are the people in prison, the people that he's closest to, and he doesn't feel like he owes anyone else anything. He doesn't owe him the real him. But then finally, like when Annie makes his escape, I don't know what this relates to exactly or why this changes or if it does change anything in him. But this third time after he's gone, Red actually like says everything that he is really feeling about it. You know, I wish yeah. I could go back and tell that you know, that's whatever, how old he was, 17 year old him or whatever it was like, don't be so stupid. Like, or I can't remember everything that he says, but you know what I mean? Like he's actually being real for once. Yeah. Which obviously I I think plays to the sincerity that the board was able to really pick up on, you know, Mm -hmm. this time around. More authentic because he is being more authentic. Yeah. Because everyone else has probably said the exact same thing as the other reciting or like the times that he was reciting his thing. You know, this is a random side note, but I saw like a research article a few years ago that said like 90% of parole decisions are, I don't know how it was phrased, but they're decided by like when, if the parole board has eaten or not. (laughs) They're hangry. Like they did this study that showed like a lot of lawyers will petition for their client or their after lunch to be after lunch because the parole board is like nicer after lunch like isn't that so messed up that's messed up someone's entire freedom and their life isn't based on like the merits of their argument it's like based on whether or not the parole board has eaten jeez that's absurd that is absurd i mean who knows how how true it is but that's probably there's that probably plays into it for sure oh for sure because i know that i make yeah i'm like way nicer once i have food in my stomach yeah yeah. (laughs) and then also the decisions you make when you're grocery shopping yeah like you're (laughs) way more like present and you're like nicer and stuff like it's so hilarious yeah that's sad it's it's funny too at the same time i don't know i find i kind of find the comedy in it it's messed up though yeah (laughs) maybe that's what happened at the third parole board it was it was after lunch (laughs) that's why he got out (laughs) oh man 
All right, cool. Yeah, I did want to last. I guess last note. The music was. I I loved the music actually. Some of it felt pretty '90s, like a little cheesy in in certain areas. But at the same time, we love a good '90s soundtrack. Yeah, but at the same time, it, it fits, and I I enjoyed it. It made me feel nostalgic yeah. for it. It sticks with me, like after all these years hearing it for the first time when I was a kid. The escape music is just so. It's great. It's amazing. Like it just totally gets your heart like pumping. Like I don't I don't know. Like And the shot too when you're like seeing them from the tunnel and it sort of backs out and yeah. stuff. Like Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the cinema the cinematography in this is phenomenal. Yes. Very true. Yeah. Cinematography is great. Music. Who who did do the music? Thomas Newman, that's right. Great job. Great job, my friend. Oh, yeah. He and I are good friends. Oh, good. Nice. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just was at his birthday party really how old month. is this dude now oh he's real old real old oh man oh he died actually <laughs> no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no he's gonna write into you i i do think that i i noticed i didn't keep tabs on it i was gonna keep tabs on it but early in the film it seemed like anytime the, the music like the, the music was playing throughout most of the film but um Anytime it was focused on the prisoners, it wasn't as uneasy sounding. Like all of the notes made sense together. They fit together. But then a lot of times it seemed to me when the camera was focusing more on the prison guards, then all of a sudden the more uneasy notes were introduced and it sounded out of place. Mm, Interesting. I think. I... I again, I didn't keep tabs on it. I only noticed it at the beginning of the film, but it, it did seem specifically like on the bus, showing all the prisoners. It was just kind of more chill music. All the notes fit together, and then once it was really focusing on the prison guards, it started sounding like ooh, like like there's some crookedness you know going on here. So I thought that that was pretty neat, um, if that is true, and I'm not just making it up in my head. No, that makes sense. I bet you that's true. Maybe. The music was really well done. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. <sighs> okay. Cool. Well, I think if you have nothing else to say, Big T, that's going to do it for this month's episode of Layers of Film. Shawshank Redemption, of course, it's on HBO Max. You should have really watched the whole film before you listen to this podcast, as always. I don't know what you're doing. But we're going to go into our final, or our segment, our newest segment for the show i hope you enjoy it oh by the way the theme music you had last enjoy it wonderful fun fun thing fun fact about the theme wait maybe not actually maybe i was gonna do it but then i decided not to it i can't remember i'm pretty sure there's there's like 10 notes that are played there's 10 layers of favorites questions that's cute i love it well that's what it is either way even if it's not true it's true now. I mean, obviously, there's more notes because there's harmonizing notes, but there's like 10 specific parts that it plays. I 10 think. beats or whatever. 10 beats, yeah. So, fun fact. Cute. I support it. Thank you. I'm a fan of like those small little touches there, so that's what I was trying yeah, to do. Yeah, me too. All right, layers of favorites, new segment. If you're not familiar with the segment, I'm going to be asking Big T 10 questions, this or that questions, and he's got to choose you know, quick fire, rapid fire between one or the other. I'm not going to lie. I had a hard time coming up with ones this time around. (laughs) So some of them are going to be pretty ridiculous, but whatever. Okay. So big T, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Number one, chess or checkers? Checkers. I I totally disagree. I like chess, but 
It's so complicated. Yeah, but I feel like it's infinitely more replayable than checkers. I would get so tired of checkers. Yeah, chess is just too highbrow. I gotta be with the people. <laughs> okay, sure. Number two, the wife's crappy pie or the maggot food from <laughs> pie. Yeah, I agree. I'm not eating anything that's a t- maggot has touched. No, thank you. But the maggot food will feed the bird. So will a pie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. All right. Three, get busy living or get busy dying. Get busy living. Nice. Four, the warden or Hadley. Ooh, the warden. <laughs> you wouldn't die from the warden, you know? Well, you might, though. I don't know. Either way. It's... Just because the warden's dead by the end, so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, number five. Spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> why would you spoil it? Okay, number <laughs> number five. Going into the hole or the sisters? Oh, going into the hole. I agree. For two months? Some peace and quiet, baby. All I'm right. sleeping the whole time. Getting my beauty sleep. Going to come out looking 10 years younger. <laughs> Maybe so. Because <laughs> that, uh, that's definitely how isolation works. 100%. Number six, digging a tunnel for 20 years or crawling through a sewage pipe? Mm, crawling through a sewage pipe. It would be faster, but man, would it be terrible? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. Seven. He throws up in it, too. Oh, I know. It's so funny. Yeah. It was real poop. Did you know that? Whoa, really? <laughs> oh, man. I thought you were actually... I'm like, really? Tim Robbins was like, make me go through this actual poop. The director's like, okay, crew, time for our daily poop. <laughs> oh, gross, dude. We've got to pile this up by the end of the production. <laughs> Number seven, Italian opera music or country music? Italian opera music. I agree. Country music is terrible. Number eight. In- <laughs> <laughs> Number eight. Innocent or innocent? <laughs> innocent. Okay, nice. Nine. Cigarettes or beers? Beers. Okay. And ten. Be the... F- okay, I might need to explain this one unless you totally know what I'm talking about. Be the fish or go fishing? Ooh. Um, be the fish? Yeah, I wouldn't feel as bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah physically, yeah. you would, but... <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Because physically, you're going to get beat, but yeah. emotionally, you didn't have someone get beaten on your behalf. Yeah, very true. Very true. Plus, if you get beat and you die, then you don't have to serve your prison sentence anymore. Very true. There's win, a Win-win. S- <laughs> there's a silver lining there. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. If you guys want to play at home and you want to give your answers, go ahead and write into layers of film pod at gmail.com. Layers of favorites. Um, I'd like to see your answers. I don't. Yeah, it's it's. We'll keep going with the segment. It's fun. I like seeing what you answer. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's going to do it. Big T, would you like to announce our next film that we shall be covering? Yes. The next film we will be covering is the multi award winning. Uh-oh. 1995 okay. thriller crime movie, okay. The Usual Suspects. Yeah, yes. Have you seen this movie before? No, but I've been wanting to. Yeah, yeah. I have not seen it either. Sweet, but I'm excited. I'm I'm really excited about it too. I what's the dude's name? Benicio del Toro. I he's such a interesting actor to me because I feel like he plays wildly different characters every film that he does but he's just so weird to me i think he plays the collector or whatever in the mcu films he's just so weird and uh so it'll be cool to see him in a film where he's maybe more 
normal <laughs> i guess i don't know yeah i have no idea what this movie is about really me neither i just know that i hear references to it all the time yeah. references to i think what is it kaiser soze no idea what that really means don't know yeah but i'm excited to watch it and talk about it nice yeah me too i've heard it's the best detective movie of the 90s so really that's what i read on some random website so okay. who knows <laughs> okay i'm excited it's gotten uh Whoa, 1.1 million ratings on IMDb. 8.5 out of 10. So it should be pretty good. Rated R, of course, go to the parent guide on IMDb if you want to be aware of what's going to be happening so you don't get completely side-swiped or whatever. (laughs) By some full frontal nudity. By some full frontal nudity, like we saw in a previous (laughs) film we covered. Yeah, I'm excited. So that episode of The Usual Suspects will be going up the 6th of February. So get ready. Watch it. It is streaming on Showtime. So if you already have that, which most people don't, I'm pretty sure, you will be able to stream it there uh, along with that subscription. Otherwise, you'll have to rent or go through other means. (laughs) All right. Sweet deal. Well, I'm excited about it. Again, thanks for listening. If you want to support the show, you can rate and review us. That'll bump up our discoverability over there. Um, Share it with your friends. All that jazz right under layers of film pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff at layers of film pod on there as well. Hope you had a great new year and great Christmas and that you have all the goals. And maybe, hey, if you've never really enjoyed New Year's resolutions before, maybe try my tactic of just writing a huge list of big and small, it doesn't even matter, just whatever. Try pickle every year. Throw everything against the wall. Throw against. I have I have a goal on there to play 500 hours of video games, which I'm pretty sure is doable. So yeah, you know what I mean. And if you don't know what to put, you can always just put "get busy living" or "get busy dying." Preferably the first one or whatever. All right, have a good one. Thanks so much, and we will catch you in the next episode. Bye bye. See ya. Mm-hmm.